Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here with us today. Today, we're honored to have Cheryl Conti. She's a chief executive officer at the Impact Seat Foundation, which is working to create a world in which women can succeed as business leaders. She is the she's also the award-winning founder and chair of Do Big Things, a digital agency that creates new narrative and new technology, new tech for a new era focused on causes and campaigns. Cheryl is the Amazon best-selling author of Mechanical Bull. How You Can Achieve Startup Success. If I continue to read her bio, I wouldn't bore you, but that's all we would talk about, her bio. So let's just have her in the flesh talk about it. Cheryl, welcome to Politics Unright. How are you doing today? Uh, it's an honor to be with you, Egberto, and your audience. Absolutely. It was great. It was great hearing all about you at Netroots. Uh, you had your panel that you did, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, first of all, Tell us first, why did you go to Netroots? What was your purpose? What did you intend to get out of Netroots? Well, I've been to every Netroots Nation since the first one, since before it was even called Netroots Nation. Uh, the first what one was, was it called coast. again in the old days? It's called Yearly Coast. Yearly Coast, absolutely <laughs> right, so, right. yes. And I know you're a Daily Coast uh, contributor uh, and editor, um, so I know you know all about that. So, yeah, I've been a part of the progressive movement, you know, all of, you know, for the last uh, 20 years. Um, You know, the I think this was our 18th, 17th or 18th year. Yeah. I am the board chair. I'm not sure how that happened, how I got chosen to do that. But, uh, you know, what do you mean you don't know how that happened? Come on, you know, (laughs) qualifications, man. Don't say that. (laughs) I suppose. So, you know, I suppose maybe the cream rises to the top or something like that. But, you know, it's been really, you know, a privilege uh, to be part of bringing uh, the progressive movement together. As you know, it's it's a very diverse movement. You know, there's often, you know, a lot of infighting sometimes, some internal conflict. And I think, you know, one of the things that Netroots Nation has been successful in doing is, you know, putting, trying to have that conflict or, you know, that constructive dialogue be positive, right? As opposed to, and and something that, you know, builds on something rather than tears something apart. So, you know, it's the largest progressive gathering of activists, influencers, creators like yourself, uh, uh, members of Congress, uh, elected officials from all over the nation, candidates, media, you name it, uh, nonprofit heads. Uh, you know, it's a really, really rich, you know, there's no one you're sitting next to who isn't a really interesting person. Mm-hmm. And this was our biggest year. You know, our biggest year was 2019. Uh, mm-hmm. We had over 3,000 people, I think maybe 3,500 people. Uh, I think we came pretty close to that this year. So we, you know, we're back and, and you know, getting as big as ever. That said, you know, during, uh, you know, the the heart of COVID time, you know, in uh, what was it, 2020, uh, we had uh, every night, you know, we were virtual uh, every night for the keynote, we had half a million people. Um, tuning in. So, you know, the the movement is is really out there, uh, whether they're in person or not. Well, you know, I. I was going to talk to you a lot about what you're doing outside of Netroots. I, I, you know, but again, uh, as you started speaking about Netroots, it was like, well, let's let's put a little bit into this as well because I mean, um, it is the largest progressive uh, or build up. I mean, largest progressive conference in the country, bar none. And also, I think we get 
we get a better flavor than most. I participate in many other other progressive uh, groups, and it's the one where it at least tries to mimic or look like what America looks like. And I know that a lot of this has to this a lot of this has been intentional. It didn't happen by happenstance because there's a whole lot a lot of reasons why certain demographics can participate in three or four days that we spend out there in, whether it be Chicago, I think the next one is going to be in uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. Baltimore yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, it's, it's not easy and it's expensive as well. Yes. Uh, and that's something that early on, you know, I think people flagged that, look, it's, it's problematic that, you know, we have a board, you know, that isn't, very diverse. It doesn't look like, you know, the movement itself or America uh, itself. Uh, you know, the speakers, you know, don't look, you know, there's a, you know, there's there's something the matter here. Right. And and what is it? And right. Cost, you know, was part of it. We have uh, a really big scholarship program where sponsors uh, help to bring, uh, you know, amazing, uh, often younger activists who have, you know, less in their pockets, but a lot in their hearts uh, to Netroots Nation. Uh, we also really look hard at uh, the applications. We get, I mean, tens of thousands of applications of you know people looking to uh, speak at Netroots Nation every year. It's a big mm-hmm. job to go through them all. But one of the things you know we started doing long ago um, was requiring that you know your panel be diverse. You know you can't submit a panel that's all white people. You can't submit a panel. That's all, you know, dudes like we're not we're not going to approve that, like try harder. okay, to find a different perspective, you know, because that diversity is what we have found is actually going to make that panel uh, a lot richer and more interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, and it's amazing how well it's done, because um, as it turns out, right, I, I, you know, we've been attending from the beginning and it looks a lot different than it used to look. Um, Between you and me, sometimes I have even said, is that a little bit overboard? (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. But look, you know, better, especially in these times, you know, I think that Netroots Nation is providing a roadmap and some leadership, right? And yes, you know, maybe you don't have to you know, go as far, you know, as we do, but, you know, we're in part trying to be an example of what's really possible if, uh, if you make the effort. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, and, and it's, it's definitely so I've, I've been talking about this for years. In fact, I've written a couple of articles on daily coast where I mentioned, I don't remember if you remember what happened that with BLM in in, uh, Arizona, et cetera. I had a quite a bit of stories that had to be written about the, the, the the progressives in the room and, and the reactions and that sort of stuff. But ultimately speaking, we always work these scenarios out, which, which, which speaks well for what a progressive movement is supposed to be. Now, like I said before, I, you know, and I, I didn't want to concentrate on Netroots Nation because your story uh, outside of this progressive, that this progressive organization that you cheer is so more, so it's much more vast. And I think it's uh, much more impactful on the things that you're uh, that you're actually working on. So why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, your your group, the um, uh, the Impact Seat Foundation? Tell me a little bit about that, and also I want to hear a little bit about attentive.ly. 
Sure. Well, I would say my work with uh, the Impact Seat Foundation actually comes, it's born out of the work uh, with Attentively. So, you know, my career uh, for a very long time now has been at the crossroads of politics and technology to super boring, like very slow. Not for me, but for, you know, I, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm a kidding. nerd. <laughs> I'm, I'm being, I am being facetious. Yes. I mean, it's, you know, it is a, a crazy place to be at the center of, you know, given that, you you know, the rapid social and technical innovation, you know, both of those spaces, uh, you know, have mm-hmm. been experiencing, uh, but exciting. It's never dull. Uh, so, you know, one of uh, my projects was creating a startup called Attentively. You know, and Attentively uh, was a platform software as a service that was uh, about um influencer engagement, social listening, and marketing automation. Uh, We were actually starting uh, before we got acquired to look at AI, actually, and machine learning. So uh, that was acquired in July 2016, um, and it is the first tech startup with a Black female founder on board to be acquired by a NASDAQ company, um, which is a big deal. It it was an impact startup that was... uh, purchased and acquired by an impact corporation. Uh, BlackBot is one of the leading uh, purveyors of of nonprofit-focused software uh, around the world. Uh, So we were really excited about that. At the same time, you know, because I was unique, uh, you know, in, in the startup world, there's been this gravitational pull to a certain extent from the world of, you know, progressive politics and digital activism into a, a different form of activism uh, on the side of entrepreneurship. Uh, you probably, a lot of your listeners may or may not know that uh, Black women specifically are launching businesses in America at the highest rate of mm. any demographic in America, including white men. And yet they are grotesquely undercapitalized, which hurts everyone. I mean, that, you know, it, there's something like, you know, $15 trillion of, uh, of GDP that we would have if we actually invested in people of color, you know, at the rate that they're starting businesses, uh, at, at an equivalent rate to, uh, you know, white people. Now, what do you see as the solution to that? Because I, I have some issues with um, who capitalizes companies. You know, we have, um, for existence, the the Black Bank that that in in Atlanta. I can't recall the name of it right now. That what it has is a black face, but um, it's really not a black bank. If you take a look at all the capitalization of the bank, et cetera, you know, the, the guys who are the face of the bank doesn't have the power. Unlike you, who uh, in, in in the things that you are putting together, you make sure that you that your voice is the one that matters. So, I mean, I am I, always, a, I always have a double take on capitalization. Do you think there are alternative methods than going into, let's say, some of these capital markets? Are there other sources that we can really have true true independence that we can think of in the progressive space, in the progressive space, but not only that, but with, you know, people of color, et cetera? Sure. I mean, some folks have uh, found, you know, foundation sponsorship, uh, you know, for their software products or, you know, like change.org, Ben Rattray, the founder mm-hmm. is an old friend oh, yeah. of mine. And, you know, he has found some really creative, uh, innovative ways uh, to, you know, fund his company, including, um, you know, from nonprofit sources. 
is it possible to do a co-op? Sure. But, you know, I think that, you know, the the world in which I've entered of venture capital is there's there's a nascent uh, but fast growing movement of people who are saying, look, you know, people of color need to become investors. Right. People of color need to be funded. Their startups need to be funded. Uh, and, you know, the current market is not actually is 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 not efficient. There's a there's a market distortion happening called racism and sexism that, you know, it, logically speaking, you know, if black women are launching most of the companies, they should be getting most of the investment. End of story. That's not what's happening. You scare me. I'm sorry. You scare me completely uh because did you get is your degree in business administration as taught in the colleges and universities in the united states it sure is uh my uh degree from yale is my ba is uh ethics politics and economics uh Uh but i also uh worked uh at the help desk you know i had to have Mm -hmm. a job i was required at the time to have a job in addition to school uh by my scholarship and i uh you know learned a lot about technology and so you know that career at the crossroads of those two uh you know um, initiatives happened uh, even then. Let me tell you why I'm asking you this, because it, there's a specific reason I'm asking you this, because you just encapsulated in one sentence uh, that you talk about market distortion, which is exactly true. We always talk about the free markets and all these great issues, but the market ain't all that free. If it, it, it supposedly it's supposed to navigate itself to where things are happening. But somehow you made the statement that black women are the ones forming the most businesses right now. But somehow the capital isn't gravitating towards that. And in a true free market based capitalist structure, one would imagine that the dollars would follow where the innovation is. Right. And, you know, I have this conversation with, you know, tech bros here in Silicon Valley all the time where I say, look, you know, if you, you know, if your argument is you are trying to make the most money and try and trying to get your shareholders the best return on investment, all of the studies show that diverse led firms are more innovative, they are more productive, they are more profitable. When they exit, they tend to exit at higher multiples and they are more capital efficient because they have to be. So if your argument is, you know, I need to invest, right? This these aren't concessionary investments. In fact, you know, you're missing out on getting the highest return on investment because you're not investing in the right people. I am glad you said that these are not concessioners. You're not doing anybody any favors. You're doing exactly what the fiduciary responsibility of somebody governing a a whatever a stock, uh, a venture capital company is supposed to do. And the only drawback from that, as you stated there, is because you're not following the formula. You're bringing in other externalities to stop the progress and racism being one of them, sexism exactly. being another. Exactly. So that's that's our argument is, look, you know, yes, you know, capitalism, you know, isn't sufficient. And, you know, almost every, uh, you know, Western uh, 
Western country has some combination of capitalism, socialism, and democracy. How much of those, what ratio <laughs> those exist varies from country to country, but everyone has, you know, some combo of that, you know, and I think right now there is a lot of tension in our country in saying, look, you know, A, capitalism ain't that capital, is it? You know, only for some, mm -hmm. you know, and B, you know, there's a lot of social needs that aren't being met, you know, and then finally democracy, do we believe in it or not? You know, are we going to increase democracy in America? Are we going to let it prosper? Or are we going to go in a different direction and have a, a tyrant or a king? Is that what we really want? Because there's there are people who want a king, who explicitly want women to not vote and want and think that America needs to be a king. There are people on the far right who believe that. Hey, Cheryl, you know, I'm glad that we're having this conversation because, I mean, uh, I, I think I think the audience is going to get uh, I, I speak a lot about capitalism, socialism and, and interaction thereof. And I think a lot of people need to hear uh, your perspective uh, on this. I think it's been very, very important. So tell me what ultimately uh, what are your organizations going to be doing to make things better to to improve on this? Sure. Well, you know, I'm so lucky to have an amazing co-founder uh, in Barbara Clark uh, at the Impact Seat Foundation uh, quietly. She is perhaps the uh, one of the leading uh, individual investors in women led tech startups in America. So, you know, I'm working with an economist, you know, and, and businesswoman who has a lot of experience, a lot to share. Uh, you know, so we're doing it through impact investing. Uh, through uh, advocacy and through grant making to folks who are supporting the notion that, you know, capital needs to flow to the people who are actually building the businesses. Now, what would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't? <laughs> Sure. Well, two things. You know, I have another organization uh, besides Netroots Nation uh, and uh, the Impact Seat Foundation. It's called Do Big Things. Uh, we're a digital agency that works with progressive causes and candidates. And, you know, we're starting to get geared up for 2024. Uh, you know, the, the race has already started. The debate uh, was last night. And you didn't ask me if I watched it and what I thought about it. Well, I, I tell you what. I'm going to ask uh, here. Here's the thing. I am so disappointed that I'm, I'm a naturalized American citizen. I came here with big eyes thinking of great things about America. And for all practical purposes, it turned out to be that way. I mean, I, I you know, I did very well in America, been able to form companies, all that. It, it's been great. But to see where it has de what it has degenerated into being now is a cause for concern. Why didn't why didn't I ask you about the um, Republican debate? Because to put it bluntly, it was embarrassing. But I'm going to ask you because you requested. What do you think about the Republican debate? Sure. Well, you know, I think it is an example of of the things that you just mentioned. In that, uh, you know, there are exciting things that are happening in our country, and there are people who want to drag us backwards. Um, mm -hmm. You know are very threatened by the idea of a multicultural, multi-gender, you know, uh, equitable nation. You know, they want to preserve their privileges. And, uh, you know, there there's a real conflict here. Um, and, you know, that was visible last night in a bunch of candidates who spouted incredibly 
like deeply unpopular positions. Um, you know, I don't understand how, you know, they plan to get elected. I mean, Vivek Ramaswamy, you know, said things like, you know, there are two genders, fossil fuels are, re- are a requirement for human prosperity. Really? I don't know that that's true, actually. <laughs> you know, there are some European countries that are almost entirely uh, powered by non- yes fossil fuels. So like, and it's clear that those aren't the future. We're going to run out of oil eventually. I mean, that's all, that's why people want to do fracking and offshore drilling is, you know, because we're we're starting to run out of oil. Uh, It's also pretty dirty and expensive. So uh, yeah, it was very strange to hear, you know, people so anti-abortion, even though the moderator said, look, this is a losing issue for Mm -hmm. For us, why are we doing it? Uh, you know, and all of them, you know, had these very extreme positions. So, yeah, there's a lot to be excited about the, the potential of where America can go and some of the things that are happening. Uh, you know, and yet we have to, you know, this is a time where we have to stand up, you know, for you know the notion that diversity is a good thing, that equity is a good thing, that inclusion is a good thing. What kind of person says that inclusion is wrong? I mean, let's I mean, let's just like take a step back and think about like, really, you want to exclude people. That's that's your position. You know, um, on two sides of the equations, you are doing important work. Um, One is the education side with net roots where it's educating the masses. And the other is where you're actually taking it from the back end, building, building businesses to make building businesses, what makes the system when it comes to what these guys believe on as unpopular as they are, because we are not a real democracy. They still have a lot of weight Two senators per state are uh, gerrymandering. There's so much undemocratic in this system that still gives, uh, even if it's just a 40% group of folk that believe this kind of stuff enough to win elections. And that's always going to be our concern. Yeah, it's a it is a real challenge. I mean, the you know, if those students of American history will understand that, you know, a bunch of rich white guys built the system that way. They built it because democracy was an experiment at the time, at least, you know, in that in that era. And they were worried, you know, how how democratic should this be? Right. Do we do we need some, you know, valves, you know, some switches we can, you know, toddle in case, you know, democracy is not working out. Right. And how do we weight power? Uh, you know, look, I it won't it wouldn't surprise me if in our lifetime, you know, this particular experiment of, you know, America starts to fall apart. There are there are states that want to do very, very different things. And have you know very different beliefs and structures. That said, you know Justin Jones of the Tennessee Three. I don't know yes. if you met him. Oh, I, I went to each one of his. I went to his panel and his keynote. Yeah. Yeah, he that dude has a future. Okay, he's one to watch. But one of the things that he has been stressing is, look, you know, something like 60 to 70 percent of the uh, seats in the state legislature of Tennessee have gone uncontested, Mm -hmm. uncontested. So that's a Democratic Party's problem. Right. Like, are they really serious about you know, defending American democracy, if they're just going to, you know, not actually run candidates again in a place they would probably win at this point on the right, you know, with the right message, right on the right issues. So uh, there's a lot of work to do. Um, But 
I know. I, I, I need to say this because you nailed it. You know, the democratic, I, I want to say this as kindly as I can. Uh, there is a certain middle ground here on both sides of the spectrum, on the right and the left, that loves the status quo. It's it's in the Republican Party and it's in the Democratic Party. And the reality is neither one wants too much democracy because too much democracy will bring a sort of equity they are not willing to accept. And yeah. and and the only ones that can push that out are, again, groups like what we do at Net Roots and progressive groups that are ringing the bells all of the times. We are pretty much alone, but we have to get the job done and bring folks along. I always talk about if if the masses really knew what we represented, uh, there wouldn't be a contest. Uh, it would be landslides all over for the policies we support. We have to get better, in my opinion. And I think that's where you're doing a great job in leading uh, Netroots. You're doing a great job in having these organizations. You don't hear, I mean, uh, this is the first time I've heard that the majority of businesses are being created here and somehow capital is not chasing it. You are capable of speaking on business term, capital terms, and on grassroots term, which is what we need. Cheryl, you're the author of a book that I think just about everybody needs to get. What's the name of the book again? Uh, it's called Mechanical Bull, How You Can Achieve Startup Success. And it uh, comes out of my work, not only with Attentively, you know, a, a startup that uh, I founded that had a successful exit, but I've actually been part of uh, a number of other exits uh, since then. So, you know, look, as a successful entrepreneur, you know, my company sold in July 2016. My son, Colm, was born in August 2016. And I like to joke that, uh, you know, I've got something like a 20 year runway and no exit strategy yet. So it's a, it's a joke that plays well here in Silicon Valley. Let's put it that way. But look, you know, I was holding my three week old baby, you know, and a friend came over to visit and she said, look, Cheryl, 17 Americans have been to the moon. No American has done what you have done. You are the first black woman you know, to whose startup has been acquired by a NASDAQ company. You have an obligation to help open the door to others. And so that's why I wrote the book, you know, and I, I, it has a little bit of my personal story, but it has a lot of quotes from friends of mine who are innovators, you know, they are funders, they're investors, entrepreneurs. Uh, it follows the, uh, the life cycle uh, of a startup. A lot of people don't know that there's a, a, a life cycle. It's funny. You know, I try to have a lot of jokes in there to, you know, uh, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, but there's a lot of practical information. If you want, if you are an aspiring entrepreneur or you have a business and you want to grow it, you want it to scale, you know, this is the book for you. That's going to give you, you know, all of the, you know, the hard one <laughs> insights of how to get through a uh, you know, that I have to offer. And so do my friends. And you can find the link for the book in the blog that's going to accompany this uh, particular video. Earlier, I asked you, what would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't? And you came up with one. Is there anything <laughs> else before we close this down? 
Uh, no, you know, it's such a privilege to get to talk to you. Your story, uh, you know, and your work is, is so inspirational. Uh, you know, I know the folks who, you know, choose to tune in, you know, to your words and to your guests are pretty smart people, you know, who care about what's going to happen in this country. And we all have a role to play, you know, at this point. Every single American has a role to play in what the future is going to look like. And you're right. Most people, most Americans, even conservatives actually are on the same page of what needs to happen. And almost all of those are progressive standpoints. So, you know, how do we get there, right? How do we actually come together as a nation, you know, rather than, or, you know, does the West Coast just become its own country? Cheryl Conti, Chief Executive Officer at the Impact Seat Foundation, among other great jobs. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Then Right. Thank you for having me, Egberto. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.